안녕하세요. Good morning. Good morning. My dear brothers and sisters, clergy and ambassador for peace. 안녕하십니까. Today, excited to see new MC. You know, uh, our Diane. Thank you. Today, I'd like to talk about uh, women will play a leading the role in the ideal world too, from True Mother's Anthology, Volume 2. Let's start it. Women will play a leading role in the ideal world too. Ladies and gentlemen, what was the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil that God told Adam and Eve not to eat? It was not the fruit of an actual tree. The fruit signified the love that would bring the ancestors of humanity together as husband and wife in the future. While they were still immature, God gave the commandment so that they would not be seduced into an illicit sexual relationship with a third party or a premature sexual relationship with each other. As a matter of fact, there was a third party in the Garden of Eden. Besides Adam and Eve, there was the archangel. The Bible reveals that the archangel that seduced Eve and made her commit the sin of illicit love was named Lucifer. This was the fall, and this is the original sin that set down the roots of evil in the human world. In the garden, the first human beings committed sexual sin before God, their heavenly parent, and the Lord of heaven and earth. Beginning with our first ancestors, we have continued to make a world of evil in which we give birth to descendants through illicit love. Expanding from the individual to the family, tribe, people, nation, and world, the lineage of evil brought about by this illicit relationship between man and woman has spread, making this world a hell on earth filled with crimes, wars, and fear. The fallen ancestors, Adam and Eve, who were to have firmly established the position of true parents as the eternal human ancestors of goodness, instead were degraded and became false parents who left behind a lineage of evil. This is the first cause of the misery and tragedy borne by all of humankind. What could be more miserable and more mortifying than for all humanity to lose the true parents and be born as descendants of the false parents? How great would be the sorrow and anguish of God, the parent of humankind? God's original purpose of creation was to establish the true ancestors of humanity and multiply people of goodness. However, all humankind was swallowed up by the illicit lineage of evil because of the fall of our first ancestors. Yes. What is the first cause of the misery and tragedy borne by all of humankind? It is the first human ancestor, Adam and Eve, committing sexual sin before God. Their heavenly parents and the Lord of the heaven and earth and making a world of evil in which we give birth to descendants through illicit love. Due to the illicit sexual fall with the archangel Adam and Eve who were to have multiplied God's royal family lineage, left behind a lineage of servants children causing the greatest sorrow to God. This is one of the, it is the greatest of the, you know, sadness things. God's lineage, royal family lineage becomes, you know, servants lineage. This is really terrible things. Can you imagine about that? Adam and Eve, came from God's loyal family lineage. Because of the fall, they become the lineage of the servant. How, how really, you know, sort of how much is it? this is a miserable and tragedy, my brothers and sisters. 
So man's biggest crime against God is violating God's heart. Sexual sin is not just only falling externally and sexually, but internally, it is violating God's heart. In spiritual world, it is said that the sin of the violating one's heart is greater than the sin of the fornication. What is a heart violation? You have betrayed your parents' love. Adam and Eve betrayed the love of their heavenly parents. How can human beings betray such God even though God invested his whole heart and soul and sacrifice to create human beings through love? In the end, I need to know that my ignorance of how much God loves me has ultimately led to a great sin. Then how can we free ourselves from the sin of the human beings violating God's heart? It is returning to God with the heart of the filial piety and serving him only this way, my brothers and sisters. If anyone has the heart filial piety of absolute faith and absolute love and absolute obedience toward God, they would never fall or violate God's heart. Therefore, do not betray God under any circumstances. Do not betray your own parents. Do not betray your spouse. Fornication is a betrayal, betrayal of, of a loved one. So the sin of the fornication is a sin of the violating one's heart. And it is a dirtiest sin, my brothers and sisters. Misusing heart, violating heart. This is a really terrible sin. God loves me so much. God sacrifices so much. God invests me so much more than anything else. How can I betray God? This is a violating God's heart. This is, the, this is the greatest sin. How can I betray my own father and mother? And love the, you know, love the, my original friend. Love the, about the horizontal environment, school teacher more than my own father and mother. How can I betray my own father and mother? My brothers and sisters. You know, the word, rather than struggling, the secret for human beings to escape the fallen world and not return on the path of the fall is to simply experience how much God has invested and sacrificed for my sake and love me. In conclusion, we can escape sin as much as we know and experience God's love. If you truly realize God, how much love me. If you really realize that, then you can escape from the sin. You can protect about yourself. This is a very important issue. My brothers and sisters, how much God is God of the sorrowful, sorrow, sorrow. You know, to understand God's sorrowful heart, Father said, you need to know that the greatest God's love, God, how much love each one of the human beings, God, how much love his own children. If you realize and experience God's greatest love, nobody commits sin. You know, to avoid the sin, you need to realize that God, how much loves me. If you know your parents, how much love each one of the children, nobody betray. If you know God, how much loves me. If you know my parents, how much loves me, how can you betray? Betray means what? Huh? This is a violating heart. Violating heart. Therefore, why what we need to know is that the things that God hates the most is the violation, which is a betrayal of his heart. 
violation, betrayal. Externally easy, degrading God's lineage. When God looks upon those who know the principle yet lose their purity and fall once again, he feels a deeper pain and greater suffering than when Adam and Eve fell. My brothers and sisters, the fall of man is a betrayal of heart and love of God. Betray. Fallen man is God's betrayer. How can I betray my wife? How can I betray my husband? How can I betray my own father and mother as a children? Cannot. There is many issues. Children betray. All children betray their own parents. The fall of man is a betrayal of the heart and love of God. If Adam and Eve knows that, how much God loved Adam and Eve. Then first the son and first the daughter. How can betray heart of God, love of God? This is a violation, my brothers and sisters. Living divine principle, the human heart as viewed through the spiritual and physical minds. Let's study EDP. The spirit mind, the physical mind, and their relationship in the human mind. The relationship between the spirit mind and the physical mind is like that between internal nature and external form. When they become one through give and take action with God as their center, they form a united functioning entity which guides the spirit self and physical self to become harmonious and progress toward the purpose of creation. This united entity is the mind of a human being. The conscience is that faculty of the human mind, which by virtue of its inborn nature always directs us toward what we think is good. However, as the standard of goodness in fallen human beings varies, the standard of their conscience also fluctuates. This causes frequent contention, even among those who advocate a conscientious life. The original mind is that faculty of the human mind which pursues absolute goodness. The original mind relates to the conscience as internal nature to external form. A person's conscience directs him to pursue goodness according to the standard he has set up in ignorance, even though it may differ from the original standard. However, the original mind repels this faulty standard and works to correct the conscience. As long as our spirit mind and physical mind are under the bondage of Satan, the functioning entity they form through their give and take action is called the evil mind. The evil mind continually drives people to do evil. Our original mind and conscience direct us to repel the evil mind. They guide us in desperate efforts to reject evil desires and cling to goodness by breaking our ties with Satan and turning to face God. Let's just study Father's word. Open the door of your heart and look at nature while feeling your original heart. Within your life of faith, sometimes when you pray alone at night, as your heart quietly settles, when you look at the world of nature, or when you seriously open the gates of your heart, you can feel your original mind well up from your heart. When you are able to look at the world of nature, with this mindset, you can directly experience the feeling of the entire natural world existing for your sake. When you pray like this, you will naturally come to bow your head and say, thank you, Father. You will be able to feel that this sort of prayer is nobler than any sort of prayer arising from the feelings of humans. Yes. 
within our life of faith, one of the most important thing is how we can open the gates of our heart and feel God's heart and well up from our original mind. For example, you should be able to quietly settle your heart at night as you look at the world of the nature alone and seriously open the gates of your heart and fill your original mind well up from your heart as you look at the world of nature. You need to directly experience the feeling of the sun, moon, and stars, the entire na natural world that God created existing for your sake. Existing for God created existing for your sake. And the countless heavenly bodies also existing for your sake. We need to be able to feel the moment we open the gates of our heart, look at the world of nature through our original mind, and bow our heads before countless heavenly bodies and pray. Thank you, Father. Such a beautiful world, incredible world. Really admire God's creation. You know, this is a kind of like a noble prayer when we can have a heartistic exchange with God more than any other time. My brothers and sisters, while looking at all things, when we always admire the uh, myst uh, uh, mystic of God's creation and feel the greatness of the, his creation, we can become more artistically closer to God. Ultimately, tourism is about being moved by the I know, uh, mystic, uh, mystic and the greatness of God's creation and upgrading my heart. So, as parents while visiting uh, tourist uh, destinations, together with the children, we need to educate our children artistically so that they can praise God. I think tour, tour is very important, not just only external tour, really admire God's nature, really appreciate the nature. Wow, really incredible. You know, when I saw the Grand Canyon was such beauty, I really speechless how much beautiful it is. God's creation, everything exists for me. Thank God. That's why whenever you see the beautiful nature and an ocean and star and moon, cannot deny God does exist. So when we artistically give and receive with the nature centered on our original mind, it is healing for the soul, our spirit, and we can be comforted. God wants to give human beings infinite comfort through nature. That's why when we dealing with the nature and then we can have a healing experience and then our original mind, we can, we can wake up our original mind and closer to heavenly parents. That's why tourism, it is important not just only enjoy your eyes. Understand what I mean? Whenever you see the nature and ocean and star and moon, Grand Canyon, whatever, what's the purpose of the tourism? How can I appreciate more God's you know, creation? And how can I have the closer relationship with God more than before through my original mind? That's why you need to go to the, you know, some beautiful place and nature together with your children. Sometimes go to sea and the ocean and go to the mountain and the many beautiful area. Really appreciate God's creation. And through this kind of way, we can cultivate our heart. This is an important point. One of the best way to cultivate our original heart and mind, you need to see God's nature. You can have the healing experience. Sometimes 
when I go somewhere here, New Jersey area and New York area and see the beautiful tree and nature, just I just get into the nature, I can feel like a healing, healing experience. God, really comfort me so much. Just seeing the tree and seeing the beautiful lake, already healing experience. God, healing. God, your nature is healing my heart. I cannot deny God that exists. God comfort me through the nature. That's why best way, one of the best way to really uh, cultivating my original mind and heart, you need to see the nature. That's why Father ask you to go to ocean often, need to see the mountain. That's why you need to bring your children often and together with the father and mother and children together, see the nature. And you know, that's just only externally just admire. You need to relate to God's creation. Today's youth ministry, God's love is always fair and true. Let's start. Fallen man discriminates depending on the other person. If everyone lives for the sake of others with a sincere heart, you experience what it means to be true and gain strength. However, when we look at our own lives, we fail to do that. We are not making good circular movements with each other but often discriminate depending on the other person and ignore them. This is where all you mankind becomes false. When you live with standards that depend on the other person and the environment while calculating your advantages, you come to discriminate. We must know ourselves well. Is my life really making true circular movements? We must ask ourselves if we really treat others as we would ourselves. When parents see people that are delightful to them, they make their children greet them. What this means is that the children should have a relationship with this person just as they have a good relationship with their parents. Yes. If everyone lives for the sake of others with a sincere heart, and without discrimination, whether we deal with ourselves or others, we experience that sincerity is and surely gain strength. However, often discriminate depending on the other person and ignore them. This is where all mankind become false. Do you really treat your own children, the children of others without discrimination? Do I treat my neighbor and myself without discrimination? Then why do fallen people have a, discrim a discriminatory heart when dealing with the people? You know what? It is because of fallen people are always self-centered. It is because we always live centered on standards of our fallen self depending on the other person and the environment all the while calculating advantages. Therefore, we must know ourselves very, very well. We must ask ourselves if we really treat others as we would treat ourselves. Fallen human beings' biggest flaw with point is saying that we live for the sake of others, but in the end, we love ourselves more. But true love is loving and sacrificing more for other person, other part of their partner. Even if, even if it is means sacrificing oneself. Next. Things to be careful about when educating children. We must educate children well. When educating children, if parents become a model of how to deal with anyone sincerely without discrimination, then the children will grow to treat others' grandmothers like their own grandmother, others' parents like their own parents, and others' younger siblings like their own younger siblings, and realize that they have to love them too. We should teach circular movement 
movement to make relationships amicable and harmonious like this. Yet, because fallen people are false, we often deal with others with discrimination. Faith is having circular movement with each other, centered on the heart. However, the problem is that we discriminate while having faith. This makes us extremely false selves. The principle teaches us to love Cain. We must educate children well when uh, educating children, parents and need to raise it or uh, raise them by becoming a model of how to deal with anyone sincerely without discrimination. Then children will grow to treat others' grandmothers like their own grandmother, others' parents like their own parents, and others' younger siblings like their own younger siblings, and realize that they have to love them too. My brothers and sisters, true values do not change or discriminate. Why do people like gold? It is because gold delivers the same value wherever it goes, no matter what environment it is in. Whether it is buried in a dirty place or in, uh, in the hands of the unimportant person, gold has the same exact value. It is the same with true love. Whether meeting someone they love or meeting an enemy, when they deal with them with a consistent true love, that person is a true person. Because of fallen men are false. We often deal with others with discrimination. This is a proof that I am an externally false self. The principle teaches us to love Cain more and to love my enemies more than the people I love. Wow, today, keyword is discrimination. Fallen people always discriminate. Even though we are saying we're living for the sake of us, I love you, you love me, sounds good. But fallen men, one of the main problems is discrimination. How can we overcome this kind of discrimination? Discrimination stops. I love my own self more than anything else. This is the issue. Next. God's love is always fair and true. When dealing with your own children and others' children, do you treat them fairly? Or do you treat them with discrimination? We claim to not discriminate, but we are unable to treat our own children and others' children fairly we end up discriminating. While living a life of faith, when raising your spiritual children and raising your own physical children, do you love them with the same heart? Or is there some difference? This always becomes a big problem. Even though you have loved Cain until this day, if you love your own children that you gave birth to more than the Cain you have been loving, Satan will surely accuse you. God's love is fair without discrimination. This is like how sunlight shines evenly upon everyone and everything without discrimination. Yeah, right. When dealing with your own children and others' children, do you treat them fairly? While living a life of faith, and when raising your spiritual children and raising your own physical children, do you love them with the same heart? Or is there some difference? Or do you treat them with discrimination? Just now I'm already talking about. Even though you have loved the king until this day, if you love your own children that you gave birth to more than the king you have been loving, Satan will surely accuse you. That's, that, that's why Archangel accuses God. Hey, God, you love Adam and Eve more than me. <laughs> if we think from this perspective, we can understand how difficult it is to go on the path of the original mind 
how really our standard of the fallen man needs to reach to really the path of the original mind. Right, my brothers and sisters? God's love is fair without discrimination. This is like how sunlight shines evenly upon anyone and everything without discrimination. Sunlight does not care what kind of your nationality you have, you are enemy or not. You know, the sunlight shines, you know, evenly everywhere. That's why God's love is always fair and true. We need to learn this kind of the God's love. Next. People with results of circular movement. True Father taught us that we become people with results of circular movement when we have the heart of seeing my own children as others' children and others' children as my own children. When I look at the standards of loving others' children and loving my own children, I can immediately tell if I am a true or false self. Prior to marriage, the relationship with parents is number one. But once you marry, the husband and wife relationship becomes higher. This is the problem. In elementary school, you value the teacher's words more than your parents' words. You regard the teacher's words as more absolute than the parents' words, so you obey them. The teacher said to come by this time. Today, I am not taking my books. They said to come with money. If you don't give me money, school fee, I won't go to school. Children become very strong in this way. When children place more importance on their relationship in school rather than family relationships, they easily ignore their relationship with their parents. Trufar told us that we become people with the results of the circular movement when we have the heart of seeing my own children as others' children and others' children as my own children. When I look at the standards of the loving others' children and loving my own children, I can immediately tell if I am a true or false self. And then one of the really good example case in one family, of course, they have their own children, but they have adopted children as well from outside. I really admire that couple. They really love them equally. Really, this is really amazing. That's why we need to trade up ourselves. How can we treat people equally? Even though, you know, are the blessed family children, how can I treat them as my own children equally? Maybe we need to love other children more than my own children. When children go to school and have given and receive with friends and teachers outside of the church, they easily value those relationships more than the relationship with their parents. This is a big problem. The fundamental relationship between parents and children, which one is more important than this? When that happens, they gradually become the distant from their parents and easily ignore them. I wasn't like that because I love my teacher and this and that, and sometimes ignore my father and mother. I gone through this kind of way. Then I realized that really, you know, what's the most important thing? Because Adam and Eve had a give and take relationship with the archangel. They value the relationship with the archangel more than God, the parents. This is like a violation, heart violation. Humans are always influenced by their environment. And in order to dominate the environment, the fundamental relationship must be valued. My brothers and sisters, today we learn many points, right? Today I talk about God's love is always fair and true. No discrimination. Like a sun, like a moon, like air. We can learn through the nature what is God's true love. Thank you very much.
Thank you so much, Dr. Young, for today's teaching on really how God's love is true and fair and how we can really love each other the way that God loves us. And also betraying God is the greatest sin, right? So I really hope that we learned a lot from Dr. Young. So thank you so much for today. And for today's morning devotion, we don't have a testimony, but we do have an incredible video. It's a blessing video where blessed couples are sharing their testimonies on the blessing. So if the media team is ready, please go ahead. My name is Katrin McCarthy. I'm originally from Austria. And I'm the lucky guy who's her husband. I'm Keith McCarthy. We were wed 40 years ago. I'm Dave Wolfenberger. Me too. Do you want to introduce yourself first? Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> uh, my name is Diane. My name is Ilya, and we're the hack couple. <laughs> we got blessed on February 5th. No. 7th. There you go. Okay. February 7th, 2020. Yeah. My name is John Lowen. This is my queen, Sandra Lowen. And what I do for a living is figure out the mystery of this woman. I'm Matthew Breland. I'm 29. I'm a software developer. I'm Yoshie Manaka. I am 31 years old. <laughs> My name's Elizabeth Manaka. My name is uh, Toshimasa Manaka. We flew here for our daughter's wedding. This ceremony in particular, the theme was daffodils. Mother Moon really loves daffodils because they're the first sign of spring and winter. Our parents were married 40 years ago, and I'm getting the sense that like 40 years later, there is like this new coming of hope and life, and it feels very special to be blessed at this time. The highlight was, I think, just receiving the rings from uh, Mother Moon. Being in front of Mother Moon, you can feel her heart and really how how much she cares for like the whole world. At some point, we even cried like as we were receiving the rings. We felt like that kind of heart, you know, being around her. You know, being able to see Reverend Mrs. Moon kind of come out there, and you know, she's 78 years old, and she's in front of a, a, you know an entire audience of you know 2,100 couples, and who knows how many more thousands friends and family. It just shows you how important this all is to her, and that just reminds me of really all of the couples that have come before us who have joined on this kind of blessing, ideal, even mission in a lot of ways. July 1st, 40 years ago, was a hot, humid day in New York City. And here we had thousands of people coming together in Madison Square Garden. There were a little over 2,000 couples there. And, you know, we were all in the same church and we all had the kind of a shared experience. There is a sea of white gowns <laughs> and black tuxedos or suits. It was incredible. And back then it was before cell phones, so if you got separated, uh, good luck. <laughs> It was a very profound experience for myself and I was so grateful to Father and Mother Moon who had this kind of vision to bring people together for world peace. So when I was there, I wasn't thinking so much about my own life, but I was thinking we're contributing to world peace because we are from so many countries and different backgrounds. The hope that I had when I joined our movement was that I would be able to find an eternal spouse and that together we would be able to build not just this relationship, but a relationship that went outside of us and to the world. The marriage ceremony was a changing moment for me. Everybody together, my co-worker and many people together, that really made a supported environment. And yes, we are going to do this. <laughs> when we walked into the room, when the banner said World Peace Through Ideal Families, I remember feeling a little intimidated by the theme. It was like me, you know. But 2,000 couples bringing harmony together, it's an incredible, powerful force. That awesomeness and 
holiness and consecration that I think comes at weddings that often makes people cry, makes me cry when I go to a wedding, it was multiplied by 2,000. In the spring of 1976, I was traveling. I visited San Francisco. I was walking through Golden Gate Park. And I was approached by these two women in long wool coats, and they invited me to dinner, and then went for the weekend to study the divine principle. And I was moved by the simplicity and the profundity of it. When I joined the movement, I, I really wanted to make a better world. And uh, making a better world definitely has to do with people. And the teaching of the divine principle, which is the theology, it has such a rational explanation about the relationship between the help of God and our ability as human beings. Forty years ago, America hated Japanese. But that group, it's a no difference between America and the Japanese. It's just, uh, we are people. So I really felt it's so meaningful to make this kind of world expand. So then I decided I want to stay in America. We were introduced in 1979, mm -hmm. and it took another three years before we had the blessing. Mm -hmm. And we didn't see each other much then. So I would write nice letters to her, see how she's doing, and the letters back were like, I'm very good, I'm doing God's will. <laughs> we made a commitment, not only each other, but we made a commitment uh, to God. I take care of your daughter or take care of your children. You can't break your promise with God. Our faith is that God created man and woman to come together in marriage. And when that happens substantially, that is when the two aspects of our heavenly parents come together substantially on the earth. Father Moon, Mother Moon, both of them emphasized we want to bring happiness not just to ourselves, but for everyone, you know, and to build a whole society like this. We see marriage as an eternal commitment, which you don't really hear much of these days. When people say they're getting married, it's till death do us part. Mm -hmm. And for most people, that's a long time. I hope I can last that long. And we say yes. it's eternal. The founders of the Blessing Movement, Father Moon, Mother Moon, I remember seeing their relationship with each other. And it was just so lovely. They would often sing together. And they had really beautiful children. And I do think that having that example and, and seeing their love came into our own experience as well. But to create that love that I had seen is a, a harder job than what I was thinking. The quality of our relationship is increasing. So I would say the answer is divorce. We've divorced each other about 4,000 times. The dude I was six months ago, she wouldn't tell, I said, John, you're better than, forget him. I'm divorcing him because we, we don't need that. You know, we pulled the weeds, so unless you're growing, you're going to get tired of the other person. So uh, I think the solution is, is, is growth, baby. Mm. Oh, it's part of our faith is that living for others, and many times it's like that in big and small ways. And definitely you have to practice selflessness, otherwise it's not going to work. When you have somebody that's committed to making you happy and you're committed to making that other person happy, it's so much better than just if you're trying to take happiness from that person. You know, we have this term blessing, which is something that we're receiving. And it's true that we are receiving something really special, but it's also an incredibly high standard to try to achieve. Our faith 
taught us about true love. Like it's mm -hmm. not just about you. It's not just about you know you being selfish and saying that oh this person has to love me. But it's really like how can we together live for each other's sake? No matter how hard it gets, really, this is not just a relationship between you and the other person. The blessing is relationship between you and the other person and God, right? And mm -hmm. no matter if you have arguments, no matter if you have those those parts that you know get stuff that you know God's going to be there. We have to be able to work it out together. Mm -hmm. I know that the public image of who we are and what we believe is very eye-catching and affronting to a lot of people and the reality of it from my experience is that it's so beautiful and my you know whole community is full of people who really genuinely you know want to solve like the world's biggest problems through marriage and families to a young child their parents are everything and everything else builds from there. But it's really centered on their love for their parents and their parents' love for them. And I think the relationship with God is something like that. You know, it's, it's more primary than anything else. God, obviously, He does do a lot for us, and we can, you know, depend and lean on Him, but God wants love too. God has all these children, but so many times we've not even coming back to give Him a hug. So I think with God seeing all those children, there at the blessing is like, wow, I'm not alone. You know, my children are there with me and they're changing this world with me together. So, I'm gonna cry, but yeah. <laughs> the blessing was really modeled for me uh, in my family and with my parents and God was so much a part of the fabric of our everyday lives. So naturally, there was nothing else that I wanted but for God to also be a part of you know my future marriage as well. And so when I was looking for somebody to spend the rest of my life with, it kind of became very clear that that's the first thing, to make sure that we have the same vision that I saw in my own family, to carry that into the you know this next generation as well. Uh, that's what I want. Marriage is the essence of being a co-creator. It's the greatest creative act when a husband and wife can come together and create children and create a family and create the next generation so that life goes on. This is David Lowen and Zachary Lowen. They are universes of their own. You can see God. They're not just toys to cuddle. And what's amazing is as a 71 year old, I'm 71 now, right? Almost 72. Oh, damn. So as a 71-year-old, having this relationship You're with You're aging a, like wine and cheese. Thank you. Having this relationship with a seven-year-old that is absolutely serious, it's just, it brings out a different dimension in me, and it cultivates something else in him. I hear these stories about children who like try to play their parents off against one another, right? Like they'll ask the mom for a cookie, and the mom says no, and they go ask their dad, and the dad says, yeah, sure, go ahead. And then they eat the cookie, right? Uh, I would have never even thought that that was a possibility because my parents were so on the same page, they were practically the same person to me. And I think that kind of unity is, is really what God is looking for. He's from Japan originally, I'm from Texas. You probably couldn't get any cultures further apart. But I think with that vision for the blessing, those cultural differences are minor compared to the power of that. Sandra was like born again Christian, you know, from that family. I, my parents were born again atheists. Most people look at us and they go, oh, well, she's black kids, right? That's you the know, least of it. That is, has nothing to do with it. That was like, oh yeah. When, when you're interracial, Many people expect the struggles to be, you know, cultural differences or racial backgrounds, but for us, that's not even the problem. Like, the problem is really the family background, like, how we were raised. Even when it comes to cooking or, like, folding oh, something or, like... I think cooking has been our biggest struggle. Let's cleaning, go. <laughs> you know, it, it's just... I actually spice my food. I spice my food, too. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> my parents were blessed at a time where People still had living memory of World War II. And my grandparents actually fought on opposite sides of the Pacific War. I did get to know one of my grandparents, and she 
was very opposed to my mother for a very long time, my Japanese mother. But over time, she had grown to really love my mother, and it kind of healed all of the that kind of pain that she had in her heart. And not only that, but it, it helped her to really overcome a lot of the other racial prejudices that she had as a child of her era. World peace has to do with people. Often, you know, we say we love humanity, but we might not love the person next to us. It's really by learning to love the person next to us that we can love humanity in a real way. If people, uh, when they are happily blessed and experiencing conjugal love the way that God intended to be experienced, then they're confident, they're transformed as individuals, they become better people, and they're able to reconcile with their neighbor because they respect that in their neighbor when they see it. We want to love each other, you know, that's very important. But we also want to contribute our lives and our marriage for the sake of bringing a wider world that's in harmony and love. And I think that's the blessing movement. We're so grateful to be part of this cause and I really wish that this kind of blessing movement can expand throughout the world. Marriages and families are the building blocks of the future. And without that, society breaks down. And when you have people that are committed to world peace, to bringing God's vision and God's plan into my marriage and my world, that's a big thing. I think the intention of the blessing is to have that energy of absolute love flowing out. And as we have children flowing around our children, flowing through our grandchildren into their friends and their friends' friends and so on. What a world we would have. I think that vision was something that, you know, if anybody could dream, you can't have a better dream than that. So beautiful, beautiful video. Wow, amazing. Wow. So incredible. I think from that video, we can really say that the blessing is the key to solving every single world problems that we have. <laughs> so thank you so much to the media team for making that happen. Let's give them a round of applause again for really doing this. It's really hard to do it. So thank you so much for doing that.